Good morning. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Big week in the NBA. Of course, NBA free agency technically starting later today. We're coming up at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, teams are going to be able to negotiate with free agents. Let's be honest, it's the NBA, meaning some of these deals are going to be already done at that time. They can't become official until 12.01 Eastern time on Friday. But like I said, expect Woj and Shams to be all over the news coming out from the league. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Coming up into a huge offseason, new league year, officially kicking off on Friday as well. Taking a look at things from a Sixers perspective, heading into free agency. Uh, the Sixers pretty much guaranteed to be over the cap no matter what going into next season, depending on what happens with an impending Ben Simmons trade, if it actually does or not. That is something to keep an eye on over obviously the next week or so and as we get into the middle of August. So here's where things stand right now for the Sixers. George Hill's contract coming up on Tuesday becomes fully guaranteed. And that's going to be for a $10 million contract. Only 1.3 of it is, is guaranteed if he's not waived by August the 3rd. But here's where the case gets interesting with Hill. So again, if they waive him, frees up about $8.8 million against the cap. Now, if they also let Danny Green, Corkmoss, and Dwight hit free agency, they'll be able to use the $9.5 million non-taxpayer mid-level exception as well as a $3.7 million biannual exception. Now that changes if they decide to keep Hill or bring back Danny Green, Corkmoss, or Dwight. Again, depending on either one of those three, they're only going to have to be able to use their $5.9 million taxpayer exception because it will be over the limit. But the good news is they still have the veterans minimum that they can try and lure some established talent into Philly. Okay, so here's where things stand right now. As I mentioned, that the $10 million uh, Hills contract becomes fully guaranteed if he's not waived by Tuesday, but the team also has the $8 million trade exception from the, the Al Horford-Danny Green contract. So that's another thing to keep an eye on as well, how the Sixers can maneuver this. Hills contract becomes pretty attractive if you're a team up against the cap, if you're a team looking to shed salary and you're trying to basically a rebuilding team where, hey, you know what, we're going to add this guy so he can meet our floor but we also only want to pay the 1.3 million. They can million part of me that's owed to him. That's fully guaranteed. They can waive him at some point and get rid of, of George Hill, a veteran presence, probably not in the Sixers plans for next season. Didn't really overly impress throughout the playoffs, but again, they have to look at the bigger picture, which I'm sure Daryl Morey and Elton brand are doing at this point. Now also looking at Danny green. I think this is going to be interesting for the Sixers. Right. He means he's a guy who could shoot the ball. He's a guy who was very competent defensively, uh, didn't put up huge numbers last season with the Sixers in terms of his regular season stats, average nine and a half points a game, shot 40 uh, percent, over 40 percent for the three point line. So that's something the Sixers sorely need so that, you know, having him back would be a big addition. But if you look at his numbers now, before he suffered that calf injury against the Hawks, if you look at the Sixers numbers with him on the court compared to with him off the court, huge difference, huge difference. The Sixers were much better defensively without Danny Green on the court in the playoffs. But if you look at the team's net rating, it was 17.1 points better per 100 possessions with Green on the court. So that's why having a guy like Danny Green, who, again, probably not going to earn the $15 million per season he did on his last contract, which was for $30 million over two with the Lakers before getting moved over to Philly. He's 34 years old, so he's going to turn 35 uh, at basically the summer of next year. So you're looking at a guy like Danny Green at this point. I think if the Sixers can get him back at 10 million a season, 11 million a season, 
that's going to be a great addition because we've seen what he brings. We've seen how well he fits with the team. Again, the cost going to depend on what teams offer him on the open market, but Danny Green bringing him back, I think the Sixers should definitely implore that, and they probably will, obviously, leading up to the next few days here. The other big item on the agenda, and this is a huge thing as well, Joel Embiid. He's now eligible to sign a Supermax for four years, up to $190 million extension. Obviously, met, met the Supermax criteria by making All-NBA team last season. So that's going to be interesting with Embiid as well because he is the cornerstone of this franchise. He's an MVP level player. He's the guy they're going to be building around. And he's the guy that really is going to be the face of the franchise, hopefully for at least the next six, seven, eight plus seasons, right? But we're looking at, at what he's going to be worth and he's going to have some options and beat is as well, because he can elect to wait until next season, see if he wins an MVP, see if he's able to, to get another all NBA under his, under his belt. Again, the MVP would be more valuable, but then he'd get more money next off season right? Or does he want to lock in given some of his early career injury, injury history? Does he want to lock in right now, sign that contract that'll, that'll basically keep him here through the 2026, 27 season. So this is going to be something to keep an eye on as we get into this huge week, really for the Sixers at this point, because this team is good enough to win a championship with the right tweaks. I mean, they're, they're right up there with Brooklyn, with Milwaukee, the defending champs, obviously, and you're going to have the Sixers. And so it's going to depend on what Maury and co do over the next week here. Again, we've talked about this since the Sixers got upset by the Hawks in game seven, the Ben Simmons trade, obviously on the horizon, that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well. Cause I do see a scenario where Ben Simmons could be back with the Sixers, right? Because right now we're looking at this, the wizards just moved Russell Westbrook. The intent is to keep Bradley Beal. So that takes a huge name off the market that was supposedly going to be available. Again, not for sure yet, but it's looking like Bradley Beal might want to stay in the nation's capital. On top of that now, the Damian Lillard situation in Portland, probably not going to get totally smoothed out until the end of the Olympics. Maybe we'll see what happens there. That's another option to, to look at. But other than that, not a lot of huge names available, right? And I wonder how much the salary cap has to do with that because we only had a 3.5% increase for next season. Uh, not a lot of movement in terms of money-wise. The league's obviously going to do a lot better next season, having fans in attendance, uh, having full buildings, the concessions, everything that comes along with it. So you might see some more names available next year. Now, saying that, the Sixers, again, in a tough spot in terms of free agency, not a lot of wiggle room with, really, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with George Hill, but either they're going to have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception or the taxpayer mid-level exception. So who are they going to be able to lure to Philly? That's going to be the question. Kyle Lowry remains at the top of the list. If they get into the tax, is $5.9 million enough to get him? Probably not. The Miami Heat, rumored to be a team involved in trying to get both Kyle Lowry and his former Raptor teammate, DeMar DeRozan, whose contract is up with the Spurs, now trying to get them into Miami. So Lowry, again, Philly Roots, he's the guy that probably would top my list, but likely going to be too expensive unless they can work out some sort of sign and trade with the Raptors. Again, I don't know how they'd make that work with the pieces and what the Raptors would potentially want. From the Sixers, you know, this is probably not going to be an option at this point in terms of Kyle Lowry. Again, but we've seen Daryl Morey get creative before. He might be able to do it again to get a guy who wants to, might want to play in Philly. Obviously, coming back home and playing there would be something for him to do. Now, there's a new report that came out on Sunday, New York Post, Mark, Mark Berman, pardon me, saying that the Sixers among the teams interested in Knicks wing Reggie Bullock. Now, the Celtics and the Lakers, other teams that are up 
up for Bullock services. He would be a guy who, again, fits a need for the Sixers. They need scoring off the bench. He's also a very adept defensive player, averaged just under 11 points a game, shot 41% for the Knicks last year and played 30 minutes a game. So you're not getting a guy who's coming in, uh, you know, inflated stats over 12, 14, 15 minutes, played every night. He's only 30 years old. So he has plenty left in the tank. That might be a guy the Sixers might want to lure. But it does get interesting because if you look at the top of the NBA heat, you have the Bucs, defending champions, Brooklyn, as I mentioned. If you look in the West, you got the Lakers, the Clippers. We'll see how good Phoenix is. Chris Paul has opted out. Looks like he'll likely resign there. But you have those three teams. Denver could come back with a healthy Jamal Murray. Then you have the Sixers. Those, to me, are the championship contenders, depending on what they do around their roster. So given that, they're going to have some time to look at, okay, what kind of veteran talent can we try and lure to come to Philly? And I think this is where it's going to be interesting this offseason because you're going to have so many of these teams. It's not rare, it's rare that we look at the NBA and you think you have seven or eight teams that could compete for a championship. So all these veteran guys are going to be looking for homes where obviously they're going to be able to maximize their earning potential for at least next season, but also somewhere where they could win. And I think that's going to be important. So what situation seems right for some of these guys who are going to be on veteran minimums are looking at taxpayer level or mid-level exceptions, depending on which team they want to look at. You have guys like Nicholas Batum, who I think would be a great fit in Philly in terms of what he brings. He gives the Sixers some front court depth. He could play small ball five when Embiid's out of the game. He could shoot the rock, solid defensively, a guy who can also score as well and create very good passer out of both double teams and on top of the key. So he's a good passing big man from Nicholas Batum. Some of the other options you're looking at, Doug McDermott, another guy who could fill it up off the bench. The Sixers need that desperately. They also need some creativity from the from the perimeter. I got like Patty Mills. I would like to see them to at least kick the tires on. So there are going to be options for the Sixers. And I'm trusting enough in Daryl Morey to be able to make sure that he gets creative in order to maximize the potential for the Sixers. But the two big things for this team this offseason, obviously, number one, getting Embiid to sign the Supermax, that's going to be on him and his agent could put it off till next year in the hopes that he wins MVP and that value goes up. But again, he's looking at a four-year deal worth up to 190 million. That'll keep him in Philly through 2026, 27. And of course you have the Ben Simmons drama, right? And th this to me, I, I think it's just been so interesting because of what we're seeing with the NBA's current landscape in terms of financially, in terms of this being an off season where there's not a ton of stars available, right? Like, like I mentioned, guys like Bradley Beal, guys like Damian Lillard, They've been mentioned as possibly wanting to get out of their current situations, but nothing's confirmed yet, which is rare. What we've seen over the last six, seven years when it comes to player movement in the NBA, usually we know which big names are going to be available once free agency starts and deals are made around the draft. Didn't really see a lot of that this season. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. We're going to have you covered at Liberty Ballers. Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And of course, libertyballers.com will have you covered throughout the rest of the offseason. Big week for the Sixers. Don't forget, check us out throughout the week.